1: Welcome back. We are talking about the 2022 Food Price Report, which is predicting another year of very large inflation in the cost of food. Uh, it is pegging the increase for a family of four at almost $1,000. Uh, if you've got an older couple, I don't know if you just cut that number in half, but anyway, it's a big increase, particularly if you are on a fixed income. And uh, the categories that are going to go up the most are dairy. Those prices are controlled here in Canada. So we know about them. Uh, and uh, bakery, those types of goods are going up. Uh, You know, part of it is because of supply chain disruptions, because of the pandemic. But uh, look, I mean, this weekend, if you saw those horrible pictures out of Kentucky, we also have a lot of natural disasters to contend with. We had all the wildfires out west. Uh, So that is another big issue. Uh, Dr. Barrichello, you are out west. What kind of an impact does that have?
2: Well, the impact is um, very, very significant for the, the farmers in, for example, Sumas Prairie, where the um, the flooding was the most severe. But I think if, if you look at the larger picture, what's happened with the management of the supplies of milk, let's say, or or are the other um, products affected, plus the activities of um, the wholesalers and supermarkets, is that it's, it's quite amazing how resilient they've all been in response to this. You know, also many of our prices are, are really determined most heavily by, uh, by prices outside the country. Um, I mean, the most dramatic case is in meat prices. Um, and meat prices in the U.S. have gone up by even more than in Canada. Um, and so those are prices that we can't control. But at the same time, um, they influence our prices much more than, um, than local floods. But I would say that the real impact of the local floods would be if you, if you count on buying local products only, uh, you may find that your favorite product isn't available now. But as to overall prices, um, these will have um, a small effect and probably um, fleeting.
1: Uh, You know, speaking of buying locally, Rose, for a lot of people uh, are doing that. Now, is that, you know, a a matter of uh, social conscience, or is it just a a, a preference for the actual product?
3: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think people are really wanting to support our area for sure um buying local is 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 good for your neighbor uh it can at times be not inexpensive if you know products especially um or are, are organic, and that's another decision people have to make. You know, do you want to go to organic? Do you want to go to natural, which we all seem to want, but those come with a higher price tag? Or do we go conventional? And, and there's lots of tips if you go conventional on how to still eat well and eat with, um, you know, a reduced cost.
1: Let's hear from Clay and Ajax. Hello, Clay. Hi, did you get
4: your uh, eggs and butter at Shoppers?
1: Uh, no, no, not this week. No.
4: Anyway, you're talking about Sobeys there briefly. uh has their canned vegetables on. A lot of people can't afford the fresh fruits of vegetables now, but they've got their canned vegetables on for 88 cents. Maybe you can't go wrong there. I'm on a fixed income, my wife and I. So, like I said, I read my flyers. Uh, you know, you buy a 10 pound bag of potatoes someplace for 5.99, or you can go to uh, Giant Tiger this week for a dollar 97 for the new white washed potatoes. But you know, when you're when you're on potatoes
1: at Giant Tiger, who yep. knew?
4: Yeah, Giant Tiger. <clears throat> ninety seven for a 10-pound bag of uh, new white potatoes washed. Wow. And the same thing at uh, no frills is five ninety nine.
1: Okay, okay. I mean, I like, make you're make our flyer thing. guy there, Clay. Hey, when
4: I you my age, I've been like there. this all my wife, all my life. My mom was a single mother, so we, we do the value of a dollar at an early age.
1: Okay, Clay. I know Rose wants to comment on what you've been saying. Okay. Clay, I think that's great. I think, you know, just be careful of
3: canned because often there's a lot more sodium in canned. Now, people don't know, but frozen often versus fresh can be superior. They're more nutritious because they're picked, they're flash frozen immediately, and they don't have to spend the time being transported. But do keep an eye on canned because you often don't get the same nutrients and you get more
1: sodium. Well, yeah, and it's it should be on the back. Uh- Absolutely. If you, yeah, you got to read a label. Yes, I mean, and in some things it seems so so, uh, gratuitous. I mean, you know, if you're buying canned tomatoes, what what do you need salt in there for? You can put your own salt when you cook them. Exactly.
3: So you can look for low sodium and often no sodium, and then you're right, Libby, just add your own, because you'll never add as much as the companies add to the product.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, and that's a good tip about frozen vegetables that, it, you know, it's counterintuitive, but a lot of times they are better than fresh.
3: Oh, yeah. You can use them for baking in your yogurt, Your you know, your morning smoothies. They're fabulous, and, and usually they're, they're more nutritious.
1: Okay, yes. Um, So, uh, we've talked a little bit about the impact of climate change, and so far, mm, not that much. Uh, And the impact of stuff that we can't control, which is prices elsewhere, places that we um, import things from. Uh, So, we've got the bakery goods and dairy as kind of the highest projecting projected costs. Uh, what else? What about, uh, say, meat products? Have have they kind of had their increase, Stuart Smythe?
5: Yeah, as we sort of mentioned earlier, Libby, that because they went up over 9% in, in the year we're still in, we're only predicting maybe a, a one maximum 2% increase because there was an awful lot of... Ranchers and farmers out west sold cattle off late in the summer and into the fall, just simply they didn't have pasture or feed to, to overwinter their, those heads of cattle. So that will contribute to helping keep meat prices down a bit throughout the coming year.
1: And I'm looking at the projection for vegetables, and it's pretty high too, 5 to 7%.
5: Yeah, so I think Rose's comment is, is bang on, you know, if you're, if you're seeing the, the fresh produce just, you know, not what you feel like paying for that week, um, you know, supplement it with, with some frozen stuff because she's bang on. that. You know, nutrition is, is can and lots of times the, the price uh, is certainly to an advantage over over fresh produce.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing, Libby, there is, you know, if you're going to put any money into something, buy another freezer. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I've got a couple freezers in my home that when I see something on sale in terms of fresh, you know, fruits or veggies, I, I stock it up. And also buy items in bulk. When you see them on sale, go to Costco, even Amazon. Believe it or not, I bought food products on Amazon that were cheaper than what
5: was in the supermarket. So check that out. Libby? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's an interesting point that Roix really because I, i'm I've seen some shoppers saying that you know instead of going to the the big convenient you know grocery store that where you get everything in your cart at one go they're now you know shopping around they might go to to one grocery store for their meat they might go to another one for their produce so depending on availability that's certainly a way to to take advantage of, of um, competitive pricing as well
1: yeah, I mean, there's a time factor, but, you know, I find that even, and, and I'll be honest, I buy mostly pretty high-end food, that even for that, you know, there there are some places that are more reasonable than others for meat mm-hmm. or for fish, certainly. I mean, I have a neighborhood fish store that I really like, but boy, it's way expensive, Yeah, even compared to, you know, what we call whole paycheck. So, yeah, I think uh, that's becoming more common. uh, And uh, I guess that with the pandemic, I think we're getting back to shopping a little more often. Have you been seeing that, Rose?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. People are are wanting to get out more. Um, You know, you can still, as I say, you can go online. I know there's Instacart. You have to pay for that. But, you know, if you want to be buzzing around the city, that takes a lot of time. You might choose to go that Instacart route. And get things delivered to your home, and then that absorbs at least the expense of your time.
1: Exactly. Uh, so, L- the, the just... buying the the groceries online, but you can't uh, buy them for, sort of from different for- sources, can you? Uh, Instacart, you can. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. You can buy huh.
3: Costco. You can go to you know specialty food markets. If you go on to Instacart, just take a look and see the different places that they'll service.
1: And uh, what's the delivery charge there like?
3: Um, I forget exactly what it is, but it really pays for my time not running out to four different places.
6: Hmm, so you really have
3: to just... look at your time. Your time is valuable, especially if you're working or if you, you know, you've got kids at home. So I always look at that like how much time would I spend running around to three places to save, you know, money on my groceries.
1: Well, of course. Who wanted to let me, chime let me, in there? Let me
3: just let me just interject
2: that I think these kind of comments about where to shop and how to um, choose your your shopping strategies and, and the available products these are really sound and um, and and here and now um, and they don't require any forecasts. Remember that the the, the Food Right Price Report is engaging in a super difficult job of trying to um, predict a year in advance what things will be, and it's really a mugs game, and and so take these predictions with a grain of salt, I think, is, is, is good advice. And let me just mention that we did, we've done some collection of food prices just here in the Vancouver area, and we found that this past year that actually meat prices went up 20%. Wow. But the uh, other items, I mean, there were some dairy product prices that went up um, a lot too, but the other prices were pretty flat, like remarkably given all the things that have been going on. So you see... The question of will that persist and, and what are, how how to factor in all these other uh, elements like inflation and the exchange rate, that's really a super difficult job. But your comments about where to shop and, and how to deal with it um, by buying at specific places, that's like super sound advice, and there's no prediction involved there.
1: Okay, well, that's good. We don't have to predict. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on uh, is... I think people are becoming a little more sensitive about this. You know, uh, Too Good To Go is the name of an app, but Enjoy Tonight uh, is buying stuff that's close to the best before date. And, uh, Rose, is there any health impact of that?
3: No, you should be fine. You You know, if you've got a date on it that says best before, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. And you
1: you want to make sure good. you
3: don't keep it in your fridge another three days.
1: Well, it's it's, it's generally, it's still fine for a day beyond that.
3: Absolutely. Uh, people get really neurotic about that, and I always say to calm down, because that best-before date is suggestive in terms of everything, flavor, um, color, texture. But it's not that it's going to give you any food poisoning. So, you know, you can calm down about that, and it's still good a couple of days at home.
1: Okay, I mean, and... and um Uh, Stuart Smythe, have you uh, found our people sort of more accepting of that? There's that app called Too Good To Go uh, where you can sign up and get a surprise thing of 10 bucks worth of whatever, sometimes very good stuff. Uh, And uh, the groceries seem to be highlighting enjoy tonight and putting stuff on sale, I guess, if it hasn't sold.
5: Yeah, I think there's a, you know, just as a a quick comment on the the best before date a lot of those are arbitrary and they're set by the the retail sector just simply to to try and push products out and you know like a a container of yogurt it's easily as long as it's not been opened it can go a week or or more past the best before date because it's sealed right so one of the things i've heard of a fair bit about becoming really popular is veg- fruit and vegetable vendors that are selling um, discounted products that, that are set to, you know, um, you need to use within the next two or three days kind of thing, right? So you might be able to get, um, say, a, a bag of fruit, but you've got to consume that within a day or two. So, you know, as Rose was saying earlier, you know, making smoothies and cutting fruit up and freezing it uh, to use later. You know, those are some really good strategies to to take advantage of of opportunities like that.
1: Okay, we are uh, almost out of time, so uh, Stewart, Libby, I wanted to add yeah. one
3: thing in about the Instacart. I just looked at a bill of mine, so it's about three ninety nine for the same day delivery if you order over thirty five dollars worth.
1: Oh, that's so, not very much. Oh, no, I don't think that's a lot. And again, supermarket I'm charges more. Right,
3: right. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I know. I mean, you usually grocery gateway is ten dollars for delivery. Yep. So three ninety nine is not bad, and you go to the store, and they 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 even do Shoppers Drug Mart. But you go to the store you want, get as much as you can, and I think that's worth it.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm still old school. I like to pick my own food. (laughs) Okay, who, who, uh, we are, you know what? Sorry, guys, uh, we are really, really out of time. So I'm just going to say thank you and goodbye, Dr. Stuart Smythe, Dr. Richard Barrichello, and Rose Reisman. Thank you to all.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you, dude, as well. Merry Christmas. Very
1: nice. Merry Christmas. Happy, happy, happy Holidays. holidays. Uh, yep. Bon Appetit. And that's all the time we have for today.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome
1: back. Well, it's not just a blip caused by the pandemic. Food prices have gone up a lot in the past year and are set to increase by another 5 to 7% in 2022 according to the Canada Food Price Report 2022. And that's the biggest increase in years. And the report's authors have declared that the era of cheap food is over. So, again, the numbers, I'd like to hear from you, how you're dealing with this, what you make of it. Is there anything you're going to cut out? You're going to shop differently. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 866 740 let Let's bring in Dr. Stuart Smythe, Agri-Food Innovation and sustainable, Sustainability Enhancement Chair at the University of Saskatchewan, and co-author of the report, Dr. Richard Barrichello, Professor of Food and Resource Economics at UBC, and Rose Reisman, cookbook author and caterer. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon, actually. Good morning. <laughs> Let, hi, Libby. Hi. Uh, let us begin with Stuart Smythe. So uh, that's a pretty bold prediction. I guess a lot of people were thinking, hey, there were all these issues related to the pandemic. Uh, but but your report says, nope, this is here to stay.
5: Yeah. You know, I feel like a bit like the Grinch bringing bad news right before Christmas, but with food prices Going up about six hundred dollars last year, and estimated to be another nine hundred plus coming in the coming year. That's a
1: that's for a 10% family of four
5: rise over two years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but again, uh, what are the long term causes of that?
5: I think there's a, a variety of factors, Libby. We. have We've still got impacts from COVID, both in in terms of production and transportation of food. We we import a, a lot of food from the southern U.S. in the winter time, and you know vaccinations and vaccination mandates are making cross-border transportation of, of those products increasingly problematic. Inflation's on the rise, and you know the U.S. is saying that inflation might hit seven percent uh, for November. So. All of those things are, are going to contribute to higher food prices in Canada.
1: Uh, Rick Barrichello, what's, what's your take on the, uh, the long term, again, the long term on all of this? Well,
2: I, um, I also would note that um, this past year, I mean, if you look at the food component of the Consumer Price Index in Canada, it went up by 3.8%. And last year we forecast, um, uh, three to five percent increase in food prices. So it turns out that, um, our prediction, our range was a bit broad, but, but we were within the range and, but it, uh, it's kind of at the lower end of the range. So this year the, the, the forecast would be for somewhat higher because as, as we all know, food, um, inflation has moved up. Um, and it's, and these prices, internationally have also moved up Um, but before you want to say this is really a long-term increase I would caution you that these these prices move a lot and um, I would I would expect that inflation uh, as many others are are predicting would be um, peaking in 2022 and then and then coming come back down somewhat and I think on food prices These international prices, which influence us a fair bit, um, they're so hard to predict, and they're all sets of unique circumstances, and I wouldn't want to hazard a guess as to what that would be um, beyond this year.
1: I want to take, I'm taking a look, I'm looking at a part of the report uh, that is comparing what was forecast for 2021, and what the actual change was. And and I'm looking at the cost of meat. And I remember everybody was upset about the projections for uh, the cost of meat that was supposedly the highest increase, which it actually was. Uh, But it was projected to go up 45 to 6.5%. It actually went up 9.5%. Uh, Rose, do you think people changed their eating habits? Um,
3: absolutely. I, I think maybe for a special occasion, they'll go and they'll still buy the meat that they love, but... Um You know, my concern, Libby, is is health with all of this going on now, that people see costs go up and people start buying cheaper foods at times that can be less nutritious. Uh, In terms of meat, I think it's definitely turned people towards a more plant-based diet. I think if you look at the statistics, I don't have them in front of me, but plant-based diets have gone up exorbitantly. It's unbelievable how many people are buying those plant-based products, which are still not inexpensive either, but we are turning more towards beans and grains and, you know, making now our meatloaves out of meat and grains. So we're definitely seeing that coming in, and I can see in every newsletter I get of recipes so much more of a plant-based diet and then incorporating somewhat, some meat, but not 100%.
1: Well, that not that healthier?
3: Absolutely. So that is, if people will do it, for sure. Um, but as I say, I think that buying meat today, uh, they're now, you know, cutting it back to make it once a week as opposed to having it three or four times, which is healthier.
1: And th- for for the coming year, uh, Stuart Smythe, uh, th- the prediction is that the category that will go up the most is dairy. And again, I'm looking at what was projected last year, what actually happened. And last year it was projected to go up 1% to 3%, but it actually went up more than 5%. Yeah,
5: I think... The main contributor to why dairy prices are going to jump so much in the, in the coming year was, is due to the um, earlier announcement this fall by the dairy marketing board that they're going to raise the price of milk uh, in January. So, so that certainly is going to have a, a strong impact right across the country.
1: And uh, I saw another thing interesting in another report, Richard Barrichello. I'm wondering if you've seen any. Uh, uh, sobies predicted that there's going to be a shift away from eating out. You know, before all this hit, people were eating out a huge amount. I think it was something like a, th- a third of meals were, were eaten out. They're, they're seeing a shift away from restaurant food now. They're grocery stores, so yeah. <laughs> You'd think they'd say that, but do you have a view on that?
2: Well, um I can just point out that um um I cert- I certainly see that among um the kind of the circle of, of friends that I deal with that eating out is is definitely less common and if you look at the prices that have occurred over the past year and and what are being forecast for the coming year um one of the highest rates of increases in is in restaurant meals. So it, it's prob it's quite probable that there will be um a slow return to restaurant eating quite aside from the pandemic um, due to these kinds of price increases
1: Rose what about uh, you know those uh, kind of uh, the meal kits and all of that? Is that continuing? Oh yeah, you just read my
3: mind, Libby. It absolutely is
1: because in the
3: end, even if you go shopping and you buy discount. Um, food products. You often have leftovers. I know when I cook, I have a lot of leftovers. And if I'm not organizing my kitchen, which many of us are not, you're throwing things out. So those meal kits are fantastic. You can get them quite healthy. I know our company offers them. And, and it's really nice that we get comments. There's no waste. And it works out to $10, $11 a person, which I mean, still is not inexpensive, but there's no waste. And I don't think we calculate the amount of food that we waste and throw out at the end of a week.
1: Um, I think we do. And it's a huge issue. Yeah. Um, we've got to take a break. We will be back with more on this really important topic. And people, I want to hear from you on, uh, you know, this huge inflation in the cost of food. How are you going to cope with it? What do you think of it? The numbers to call 416 toll free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio good afternoon and welcome
1: it's monday time for our zoomer squad and there's a lot to contend with as we head into the holiday season many zoomers made plans and even started them on the assumption that we were at the end of the pandemic and people are rethinking and maybe changing travel plans christmas dinner plans and now we have proof That's something we have not seen for decades is back with a vengeance. I'm talking about inflation. Remember inflation? And it's another thing to deal with now that so many people are past their earning years. And unlike the last time we saw inflation, interest rates are at rock bottom. So... Um, we have all of that to talk about. And we also have a survey on long-term care that is literally hot off the press. We got it about half an hour ago. Uh, and we want to hear from you. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 866 740 We can also talk about the glitches uh, with the booking for the boosters. But let's begin with memories of Mel Lastman, the first megacity mayor. Nobody was like him. So let us go to David Kravitz, Vice President of Zoomer Media and Chief Membership Officer at CARP. Peter Mugridge, Senior Editor of Zoomer Magazine and Bill Van Gorder, Chief Operating Officer and Chief Policy Officer at CARP. Hey, guys.
7: Hey, Libby. Hey, Libby.
1: Uh, I'm, Hi, going to, I'm going to start with David Kravitz. Are, are, I right? are you most likely to have memories of Mel?
8: I actually had memories of Mel. I knew Mel and worked with Mel because when I was in the ad agency business, Bad Boy was a client of ours Oh. and uh, worked closely with him. But it, I was right on the cusp of him beginning to exit from the day-to-day at Bad Boy and get into politics, initially running for controller in North York, and we did some of his election literature and we did some of the literature during his first run for mayor and then as he got more full time in that world we didn't uh, I didn't you know work with him as much but I remember him very very well he was a wonderful client he was a very personable he was surprisingly uh, in my experience with him low key very flamboyant visually you know he was a promoter but he was um, he was uh, more of a Laid back in his, in his style, let's say in a meeting, very good at cutting through all the uh, noise and getting to the bottom line uh, of what you know, works and what doesn't work. Wait I learned a, minute, a lot David. about advertising from them as well.
1: David, Sorry. who came up with nobody?
8: Well, this is interesting because the original slogan, I think they uh, changed the slogan that we had was Nobody Beats Bad Boy. And uh, he developed that himself. And we just expressed that in radio. Nobody beats Bad Boy. Beep, 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 And there's some sound effects. And then nobody be- uh, came later. And I think that was after he uh, um, had left the day-to-day. And, you know, his kids were starting to get involved in the business. And I think that's when they changed it. But the origin was nobody beats Bad Boy.
1: Okay, well, so I'm. That was a long time ago, David. I'm, sure I'm tried dating year? myself I'm shamelessly dating myself.
8: Yes, it was. What year? That what is, year was that? Oh, I don't know. What was the year that he first ran for council and uh, mayor in North York? It has to be, uh, you uh, know, seventy-five. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I remember. Uh, being one of the times when I was assigned to what I thought was the Gulag, North York on election night, uh, and racking my brains, what like what could I possibly say about it when he was about to be elected for the umpteenth time, and I found that he had actually served uh, longer, uh, longest mayor since Jeffrey of York in twelve something. <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> he was uh, definitely one of a kind.
1: Oh. Uh, you, uh, when uh, when I was a money and business reporter, he was mayor, and uh, the producers considered that there was... Mel was TV gold, and there was virtually no subject where they, <laughs> they didn't want to hear from Mel. That's right. Uh, Peter, did you ever cover Mel?
4: Well, you know, I... Um I I I think like I I was thinking planning for this uh, segment that you know he probably would have been cancelled in this day and age because some of the things he said were
1: oh god bordered <laughs> on uh,
4: <laughs> you know he he made some jokes about um, being you boiled know, in
1: oil in Africa exactly, or something
4: and uh, so so he probably would, but but you know it didn't seem to dent his popularity back then he 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 won you know handily in North York and then equally handily in in Toronto and. Um, you know like he he was he was known for his gaffes and his you know his over the top uh appearances but it but I, but i think he he sort of uh he sort of made um the running of a city or the running of a north york previously he made that like like you would run a business and and that that was somewhat revolutionary back then and um you know he brought sort of business practices to city hall and and i think he 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 was one of the first you know um he's mccallion did the same in mississauga and it was sort of like uh okay we're not gonna run this like um you know it's not it's not gonna be a trough for public interest it's gonna be a well-run business and and he certainly uh you know he he was a big part of that revolution
1: uh bill i don't know you're a maritimer i've no, but not in those days. Yep. Uh, I remember,
7: uh, oh, bad boy uh, furniture. I was living in Hamilton uh, at that time, and I can remember traveling with my mother all the way to uh, Toronto to his uh, store. And later when I was working in uh, Kitchener, uh, still uh, it was still a, a place to go. And I, I do have one memory, as I guess I was probably about uh, uh, 12 or 13, actually seeing him in the in the store and, and urging my mother to take me up so I could meet him. But she uh, uh, she thought he looked busy, and I said, and I was really disappointed we left the store that I didn't get a chance to, to uh, meet him. And then I was in Toronto at meetings when he called in uh, the army to clear the snow. <laughs> I, so, I was living in Kitchener at that time. We knew what snow was in in, in Kitchener. When sometimes I literally had to climb out the the uh, kitchen window to get out because I couldn't open the doors for the for the snow around my house in in Waterloo. And here he was calling out the. The army, and we were walking around downtown and thought there was nothing to it at all. So those, those are my memories of Mel Lastman.
1: Okay, uh, uh, I'm going to take a call from Tony and Pefferlaw, who also has a memory of Mel. Hi, Tony. Hi there. Hello.
6: I grew up in Little Italy there between uh, college and uh, I guess it's still called Dundas, Manning there. And Mel Lastman, <laughs> people don't really know this, or maybe they do, um, he was a door to door salesman back then, uh, selling his own stuff. And my mom, I uh, had that ringer uh, washing machine where you got to run it through the ringer, you know, and the water pours it back in. Well, anyhow, now I end up selling my mom a uh, a, a, a washer, you know, uh, a clothes washer, whatever. and uh, and my dad got home that day and he goes, "How much money do you think I make?" You know, and, and kind of gave my mom, but he goes, oh, he's such a nice guy?" I couldn't say no and everything, and uh, and so he bought, she bought her first, basically. The, the other one she had was handy hand-me-down, but she bought her first washing machine from Mel, and uh, uh, he was the nicest guy, him and Ed Mervish, She loved them both.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, all I can say is, like, we are really going back here, door-to-door salespeople, Ringer washing Ringer machines. I'm, I'm, my apologies <laughs> to people in the audience who have no idea what we're <laughs> talking about. So let's move on. <laughs> Tony, okay. thank you very much. Uh we're getting reports on, uh, you know, the mess of the booking of the boosters. And all I can say is, you know, like, what was it that Einstein said about the definition of insanity being doing something the same way over and over again and expecting a different result? I mean, people, come on. Uh, the first day of booking on these government websites, what do you expect?
8: Amen.
7: <laughs> well said. Exactly. Yeah, I think what we have learned... Uh, uh, because we go through this every time, is to to tell our listeners today: be patient. They'll get it uh, fixed. They do this every time. They haven't learned their lesson. But don't be too upset about it. And wait and, and try tomorrow or the next day to uh, to book. And don't frustrate your yourself trying to be one of the first in line.
1: Right, and then uh, I've also heard stories that people who go back and hit the uh, uh, change the date or whatever they call that button uh, can get earlier appointments. And you know, I, I you know, the, this the pharmacies get booked up too. But you know, for, to my way of thinking, it's a lot easier to go to a pharmacy. And the pharmacies have been taking the bookings, even though they couldn't start delivering the shots. They've been taking the bookings for a while.
3: Yes.
4: Okay. I, I agree Libby. Like uh, I I did mine originally through uh the the first vaccines through um online booking and it, it was like months and months and months away. And then I called up the local pharmacy and it, it was basically next week. So um I I don't know if the if all the pharmacists are are up to speed again with the booster, but uh certainly when they are um I it, it's it's advisable to go through them. You
1: know? Yeah, that's that's what okay. I think. Yeah. Uh, they so, know
7: how to. De- they obviously know how to deliver services better than the government, who just never get this thing right.
1: Well, you know what? I'm not even sure there's a problem with delivering the service. There's just a problem with their booking websites. Yeah. So yeah, and and I'm not saying it's necessarily that easy for uh, getting through to a pharmacy either. Um, I got mine nearly two weeks ago because I had two AZ, and even then I had to scout around plenty uh, to find someone who would, you know, take us in a reasonable time. But there very, you go.
8: It's very decentralized, and it's very, you're right, dependent on who you're talking to, where do you live, uh, what do you need. Uh, my pharmacy was ready to give me uh, a booster with no appointment, just walk in and get it. Have we got it right here? Whoops you're not eligible yet because it needs you have to wait 168 days from you know so see us on such and such a date but i was standing right there i could have had the jab that moment so um they're being strict about different, the interval all over, you know they're being strict so um yeah no yeah, oh, no i wasn't upset about it. i'm just making the point it's very you know it's 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 all over the map really
1: yeah uh so what about this inflation. Also, you know, the numbers for for Omicron are scary. Right now, 20% of the cases, which, by the way, have doubled since a week ago today, are Omicron. At the rate they're going, they're going to double every three days. Uh, it won't be long before almost all the cases are Omicron. Uh, people, it's, it's contagious, though it doesn't seem to be that virulent, certainly if you're fully vaccinated, and and people are starting to, uh, you know, change their travel plans. Is that what you've been finding, Bill?
7: Yes, that's what uh, we're certainly uh, hearing, that uh, uh, people are very concerned. Of course, their biggest hope is that it, it won't be as, uh, as strong. It'll be mild uh, for everybody. But uh, people are thinking uh, twice, even people who are going to uh, um, countries that they felt were going to be safe, uh, like uh, Britain and and the U.S., uh, they're starting to change uh, their their minds uh, about it, uh, and and getting to the point, you know, where we wonder whether or not we're making too much of Omicron that we're we're, we're scaring people uh, because we really don't know yet. The the information is not. Uh, complete. We're early yet into it. All we know is that it's uh, doubling regularly in terms of the number of people it's uh, affecting. I'm, you know, if, if I was uh, Premier Ford, I'd be very worried with elections coming up and this new, uh, this new one on the horizon, uh, that it's not going to be a comfortable Few pre-election months for him now all because of omicron
1: well and we don't know how long it's going to last i mean i have good friends who just canceled a trip to the uk i just got that email last night i know people who are in florida who are saying ah oh, maybe we better come back while the uh, coming back is good um i've had emails from people saying are, are, you, are you still going ahead with the dinner on christmas uh you know so it's like oh, all yeah. everybody's uh, you know which is, which is not um you know, I, I don't. It's, we don't know, and even people who are triple vaxed, uh, like myself, uh, you know, even if you're not worried about getting really stuck, I still don't want to get it. Period.
8: For sure, not. Yeah, but it, but, but yeah. It, 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 Bill's point about you know we don't know. Uh, I think you're going to see, unlike previous episodes, talking about behavior and response, you're not about the science of the of the virus itself. Quite a lot of variety. Everybody I know who's a snowbird is going. Some people have canceled discretionary trips. To other destinations, I think uh, Snowbirds feel right or wrong. I know that location. I've got an address at that location. I'll get down there. I'll talk in. I'll be safe. But on the other hand, I was going to make a trip to the UK. Or I was going to go to Europe or whatever. Maybe I better pull back because who knows what's going on there. So I think you're seeing both sides of the coin on that one. Dinner parties mostly going ahead in, in the people I know.
1: Okay. Um, let us take a call from Daryl. Hi, Daryl.
6: Hi, how's everyone today? Good. Hello. Okay. I'm getting my uh, shot. It's booked for this afternoon. I went on uh, Shopper Drug Mart's website last Wednesday Mm -hmm. and just basically ignored the thing that said whether you're eligible or not because figuring by the time it was booked I'd be eligible. So I ended up, they were taking stuff then. So you could go on there and it might be easier than the government thing. I figured it would be a mess today that way.
1: Uh, You were right about that. And you're getting your shot... Today, good for you.
6: Yeah, today. Right now, um, question I had: uh, What was the question? Um, oh, um, do we get a new QR code yes. with the third one, or is, is it just show up on the the old one?
1: Then no you get a you get a link that you have to uh, download in a certain amount of time, and you okay. click the link, and it'll be a new QR code that'll show all three of your shots. And it's easy. Okay, that
6: sounds good. And at some point in time, are are we going to be not wanting to be in the same room with people who had two shots but refused to take a third (laughs)
1: one? Uh, You know, um, let us leave that question for another day. Thanks, Daryl.
6: Okay, everyone be well.
1: Bye. Bye. Let's hear from Festus in Brampton. Hello. Hi, Libby. Hi. Go ahead. You're on the air.
8: Yeah. um, What what I was trying to find out is that... uh, uh, they said after six months from the second shot, then you could be entitled for the boost, the booster, right? Right. What I what I'm trying to find out is, okay, if they arrive to after six months, or oh, I'm not hearing if you could if you could contract the corona after after two shots, but they're not saying like how long you take. How long it takes you to contract it after two shots? Because they reach to after six months, you entitled for a second shot. You okay.
1: So, what the reason they picked that interval is that there were studies out of Israel where people got vaccinated very early, that uh, immunity wanes after six months, and that that the antibodies anyway. That's how they measure it, and uh, what they're saying with this Omicron variant is that it's very contagious. And and we heard, I mean, Masai Ujiri had three shots, and he tested positive. But I'm hearing about people testing positive, sometimes with no symptoms. So it appears, but we don't know for sure, that it's less vir- virulent. And certainly uh, you will get less sick if you are vaccinated. But this thing seems to be catchy. I hope that answers your question, Festus. Thanks for your call. Um Panel, what about these inflation numbers?
7: Hmm. Not surprising to a lot of our CARP uh, members. As you know, uh, recently, every time we have surveyed our CARP members, although they're concerned about uh, health and other issues, their number one concern is their financial uh, security. And they've been telling us for uh, more than a year now that they're seeing their expenses, their prices, their their food prices going up and up. So, uh, Doctor Charlevoix's uh, uh, survey and comments just underline what current members have already been uh, uh, telling us, and they're finding it's in the, the basic kind of good for you foods that uh, our our members want to want to buy, and it's become a tremendous uh, concern and a topic of conversation. Uh, when uh, older Canadians get together.
1: Well, uh, you're talking about the Canada food price report, and I, uh, yes. I don't want to get into it too much, because that's what we're talking about in our back half. And uh, you're right that prices have been up quite a bit already, certainly in food, but they're going up even more next year, according to this report. And, it, it, you know, I, I remember inflation, but I also remember very high re- interest rates at, well, at the a, time. Yeah.
8: That, that, that's yeah. the key right there. Me, I, when when Pierre Elliott Trudeau, uh, the father of our prime minister, uh, claimed famously or infamously that he was going to wrestle inflation to the ground, which he never did, um, inflation was high. But the prime interest rates were you know, 12 13 14%. So at least you could get a fixed uh, income or fixed interest rate uh, investment that would maybe kind of keep up with it or give you a return. Here we've got the double whammy of low interest exactly. rate and skyrocketing, let's just let stay with food, skyrocketing food costs. So you have no option but to pay for it with a, a fixed income that isn't going up. And that's why there's such a crisis. And, of course, it hits seniors uh, worse than uh, any other age group.
1: And and just as an FYI, uh, this morning, uh, the governor of the Bank of Canada, uh, Tiff Macklem and Christopher Freeland, the finance minister, and we also heard from Trudeau, and uh, they collaborate every five years on what they think inflation should be. Otherwise, the bank is independent and they want to keep it, you know, in the band of one to three percent uh and this while you know prices are forecast to be going up like seven percent and uh you know the that that circle um you know needs to be squared or something
4: yeah and and the the um the unknown is uh, whether this inflation is uh temporary or transitory as they like to call it or whether it's it's become embedded into the economy and if it's if it's like a Sort of part of the recovery process from two years of shutdown. Um, then a little bit of inflation is expected and will disappear as the economy gets back to normal. But if it's embedded, um, that's much more worrisome. And um, I, I think that it, you know we that that's when interest rates will start going up to to um, counter inflation. And and that's when it becomes sort of a spiraling problem that people have to worry about.
1: Well, in terms of, uh, and again, I don't want to steal my my own thunder talking about the food inflation, but uh, the author, one of the authors of the report uh, um, said, you know, the era of cheap food is over. Forget it.
5: Yeah, that,
4: that's interesting because we, we have lived through times of very affordable food, haven't we? And, uh, you know, you know that that's that's a reality. That uh, that's not inflation. That that's just higher higher prices.
1: Well, that, yeah. And then don't know. forget there are issues of climate change, sustainability, yeah. all those things the that you know
4: tax and everything. Yeah. Make,
1: make things yeah. more expensive. Uh, yeah. You know, there are people who still want to talk about their boosters. So you know, let's let's give them a chance. We've got Cheryl in Brampton. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. I'm, I'm going to be very quick. I'm just going to let you know that. Uh,
3: while the news was on just before you came on the air, I was in the website. I wasn't even aware there was a problem because I didn't even, I knew I wasn't going to try first thing in the morning. Anyways, I got through. And it wasn't for myself because I've already got my booster last Thursday night. For someone else that's a little bit younger, they, they're in
1: that 50 age group, and uh, they're booked. So patience is a virtue. Okay. Thanks for that, okay. Cheryl. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, always good to hear about someone older handling the tech part for someone younger. <laughs> right. I like that. Okay, yeah. and let's talk to Dan in Brampton. Hi, Dan. Hi there. Yeah,
8: I just want to let you know. Uh, this morning, I went to one, I guess, Meta Plus which is in Brampton, a drugstore, and I logged in at eleven thirty, and I have an appointment for two thirty today for my third shot. Good for you. Just, just like that, real easy
1: yeah exactly that that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know rather than dealing with all of that, just go to a pharmacy yeah, it's yeah, easier. Seem like
7: the pharmacies are really easy to deal with
1: yeah well, sometimes, yeah, thanks Dan yeah, I mean, I think that the good news is this time there there is supply, so it'll get done and i think I think with all of this omicron stuff, I think we all want to get it as soon as possible, and I suspect. That all of this stuff is going to just keep getting moved up, though anyone over eighteen will be eligible as of January fourth, and you know January fourth is going to be here sooner than we think. Yeah. Uh, back to inflation in general. Um, so, David, you know, how are 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 people also readjusting stuff that is, um, you know, that's that's not uh, not you know you you have to eat, but travel is something that is huge for Zoomers. It's something that they've been saving for. It's kind of, uh, you know, are, are, are people changing? It's a hassle, but are people, you know, l- looking at the money part of that?
8: I think some are. I think many are not. I think it's a, a gradual thing. It's not an abrupt thing. But let's remember that inflation is a regressive tax on those who are least able to pay, and um, it has huge social costs, not just on uh, seniors because they have fixed incomes, but on, um, you know, workers that are earning less money, hourly workers, people that do not have uh, uh, high salaries and high benefits. And I think there will be a lot of upheaval coming from this. I'm not uh, optimistic that the uh, feds are going to be able to get a handle on it because you've got, you know, a shortage of workers, a shortage of supply. Uh, structural problems, uh, distribution problems, this isn't something that's going to just uh, dissipate by magic. And I think you're going to see a lot of pressure um, coming from uh, people that who, who are advocates of people uh, with lower incomes and fixed incomes. It's going to be a major social problem that's uh, uh, going to occupy us more and more as we talk about it going forward.
1: And do you think it it will be an election issue, Peter?
4: here Absolutely. in ontario it's going to be because when, when you know they when people see their uh the effect it has on their pocketbooks they that that's it, it inevitably becomes a, an election issue even if it's not the ontario government's responsibility it'll become an election issue and further down the road the liberals you know uh in in ottawa will have to uh you know start taking um criticism for that and and when When we do have another election, that will certainly uh be something they want to you know stay as far away from as possible because nothing like inflation has a terrible effect on uh on on your you know on everyone and uh, and the, and the immediate blame is is on your government.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I'm looking at the clock, and uh, I'm seeing that we are basically out of time. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this for quite a while. In the meantime, thank you so much to our Zoomer squad, Bill Van Gorder, David Kravitz, and Peter Muggerich. Thanks, Libby. Thanks, Libby. Thanks, Libby. Okay. Uh, we will talk again soon. Right now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to drill down on that food price report that has some awfully big increases predicted. So we'll have that when we return. Uh, reminder, people, the numbers to call 416 360 0740, toll free 1 866 740 And we want to hear how uh, the food price inflation has hit you so so far and what are your plans going forward because there's another big hike coming
0: you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one this podcast is proudly produced and presented by the zoomer podcast network home of great podcasts like Marilyn lightstone reads idea city on the air and the garden show